This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple of hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Ali Tazakander. He is the founder and CEO of a company called Wishpond. If you're not familiar with Wishpond, uh, they play, obviously, in the social media marketing space. We'll dive into the story right now. Ali, are you ready to take us to the top? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Tell us about the company. What do you do and how do you make money? Uh, yeah. So basically what Wishpond is, is a marketing automation platform. And uh, it's focused on helping businesses of all sizes run successful marketing campaigns. So when we talk about marketing campaigns, we don't want to just focus on one part of it. It takes, you know, it takes a lot of different things to make it successful. So we help them on provi- with, uh, providing them with tools for capturing le- uh, leads with landing pages, contests, pop-ups, and so forth, and then giving them tools for tracking to better know who these leads are and what they've done and, and you know who are the best ones to convert, and then also giving them marketing automation workflows to warm up those leads, send them you know, nurture drip campaigns and so forth to be able to close them. So it's basically vertically focused on running successful marketing campaigns. Now, your verbiage on this has changed because back in 2011 and 2012, you were very much in the wildfire, vitru, buddy media right. space. Two That's questions right. for you. One, why on earth did you not sell in 2012 when everyone else was exiting and the market was hot as hell? And uh, why the pivot? Well, actually, that wasn't the first time we pivoted. We pivoted a few times. Uh, the first time was we started as a local product search engine, so it has nothing to do with what we do right now. Uh, and the whole genesis of it was we wanted to help local retailers, specifically small business, businesses uh, locally, to be able to get leads online. So the way to do that was you would come on our website or the mobile app and you would search for local uh, you know, products from local businesses, let's say a pair of sunglasses, and then we would tell you which retailer has it in a store near you and for what price and who has it uh, you know, with the inventory. That version of the business didn't work well for many reasons, including attribution and you know, uh, data quality and so what forth. Years, what years was, was this? this? This was back in 2010, 2009, 2010, so uh, early on. But through that, we started realizing, okay, our, our vision is still the same, helping businesses um, be able to make sense of online and getting leads, but that version wasn't going to work. So why don't we start focusing on building awareness and engagement for them on social media with social media contests and so forth? Then as we started doing that and getting uh, you know success with it, we didn't want to stop there because we realized no one wakes up in the morning and saying, oh, I wish I could run another contest. Instead, business owners and marketing professionals wake up every morning saying, geez, how do I achieve my KPIs? How do I grow the business? How do I get more leads? How do I get more sales? And that is fundamentally different from just contests. So we wanted to have landing pages for that. We wanted to have pop-ups for capturing leads out of your website. But also we realized that the online marketing world is getting 
really sophisticated and wasn't enough just to get leads. You needed to do something with them. You needed to be more sophisticated to know who the best ones are and warm them up and convert them. So that's how Wishbone over time developed into being the full suite. So take me back though to 2012. I mean, I'm sure these guys, you know, I'm sure Salesforce before they acquired Buddy Media, I'm sure Oracle before they did the deal with, with Vitro and Involver. I'm sure all these guys did due diligence and you came across their plates. Why not sell in 2012? I, I honestly don't think we were really ready for it. I think we were still not mature enough for that. Okay. And and from my point of view, also that means that uh, it was premature to sell because we weren't really there. So we would have to sell. And where uh, though? How, where though? Like how do you set whatever that where benchmark is? Where in terms of uh, product maturity, in terms of revenue, uh, a lot of those things. So we were still developing in those ways. What's do you mind me asking? What size were you back then? Like a million, ten million in ARR? Um, I don't have the number. Like, in give me a range. Of, a range is fine. Back then, I don't remember. What What I can tell you is what we are around right now. Okay. Uh, we're we're basically in the. If I want to give you a range, it would be around you know somewhere between six and ten million. Okay. Now, obviously, back you were smaller than that back then, yeah, right? You've grown. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, you're yeah. trending in the right direction. So yeah, yeah. take me back. Um, kind of help me understand where your brain was at when you started the company back in 2009. Like, was this something where you just left corporate, you had to make it work, or you had a bunch in savings? Where was your head? Uh, so I was fortunate enough to have an investor from the beginning. Um, I worked at a couple of startups before when I was still going to, you know, high school and, you know, university. And one of the founders in one of those startups was impressed enough with me to say, when you later on start your own business or want to have your own idea, come to me first for investment. And I did that, I would say six or seven times. And every time he said no. Uh, and finally with the idea of Wishbone, uh, the local search version of it, he said, sure, let's get it started. And uh, I got enough money to be able to... How much? Afford. It was, at the beginning, it was very little. It was like $80,000, just enough for me who had just got married and was finishing my MBA to sustain my life. Uh, that was it. Um, it grew quite a bit. Uh, uh, we ended up raising around $3 million from him. Um, How much have you raised to date total? Th that's, that's the whole investment. Oh, so, all from him? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We've been fortunate enough that way. Um, and yeah, so basically, that's how we started. Uh, fortunately, I didn't have to put my own money back then. Yep. Didn't, didn't, have, didn't have any money to put in. <laughs> and what are you at today now in terms of total customers paying for the platform? Uh, there's around 2,500 paying customers right now. Okay. And yeah, so we're a team of 50 people. Five uh, zero or one five? Five zero. And where are you based? Uh, in Vancouver. Everybody? Yeah. That's great. Okay. Them. 15 Vancouver, 2,500 paying customers. And on 50, 50 5-0. Oh, 5 Yeah, sorry. 50, 5 um, What do these folks pay on average? Like if someone's listening right now going, I want to start with Wishpond, what's the average kind of price? What are they paying on average? Um, there's two different ways you can use Wishpond. So one is do it yourself. One is done for you. So if you want to use the do it yourself platform, um, average starting price is around $100 per month. So it's actually very, very uh, cost effective. If you want us to do it, uh, at least to get you started on the right path, and you know, uh, there's a service element to that, 
then that goes up and you know it could be five hundred to a thousand dollars a month. Got it. So this is not a pure when you say you're doing between six million and ten million in ARR, that's not all true recurring revenue. That has professional services built in. Uh, even the professional services has uh, it's it basically recurring. It's MRR. Pretty How is professional revenue is MRR? How is professional, so professional, professional service recurring? Uh, so professional services would be for getting you started. Then after that, you just continue paying uh, monthly for the services, and then we'll try you to continue on your own. Yeah, but so give me an example of like what someone might pay up front to get set up one time. So it could be around, uh, you know, $1,500, something like that, or $1,000 to get you started. And then after that, you can continue. And then sometimes the monthly packages after that could be more expensive just because you want to be first aligned support or and be able to go back to that account manager for your questions. Okay. But the one-time fee, like upfront, do you include that in the, when you tell me the 6 to 10 number? No. And uh, actually, the other thing is... Um, in terms of our revenue, I would say 70 to 80% of it is pure SaaS software. So the okay. service actually doesn't amount to much. Well, that's what I was getting at. So 60 yeah. to 70%, uh, let's say on the high end of 10 million, so you know, 6 million to 7 million of your annual revenue is pure SaaS, recurring that's product, right. people paying between 100 and maybe 200, 300 bucks a month. That's the right. rest is kind of icing on the cake, professional services, right. starting fees. That's right. That's right. Got it. Okay. And just to be clear, on this low end of that, right, if you've got 6 million in ARR divided by 12, that's about 500 grand a month. If I divide 2,500 customers into that, that means they're paying each about 200 bucks a month on average. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. Yeah. Okay. Obviously with a SaaS company, and maybe this is why you have professional services, churn is always critical. So many times the setup fee will decrease churn. What are you guys looking at right now in terms of annual logo churn? Well, uh, we track it on a monthly, so it's around um, a little bit shy of 2% monthly. So that's actually pretty solid. It's great. Especially for, uh, you know, business like ours that, you know, campaigns a lot of times are seasonal or uh, event-based. Um, and uh, what we've recently focused on quite a bit is uh, improving our onboarding and customer success, and we've seen that really help. Yeah. Yeah, so like of the cohort of people that pay you a setup fee, how low does your churn get on those on that cohort? Um, do you know? I, no, not off the top of my head. Okay. Uh, it, it, it's lower when we're when we're involved on customer success or account management. Uh, the churn definitely goes down. Yeah, but do I don't you, have the number. Do you have a very predictable? Um, system set up to drive expansion revenue year over year? And if so, have you hit net negative revenue churn yet? We haven't hit a net uh, negative uh, churn yet. Uh, that would be great to have. I know we're not there yet. <laughs> Got it. What are you, like, what is expansion right now, like from year one to year two on average, would you say? Um, in terms of like one of our subscribers, how much more they're going to pay us next year? Yeah. Uh, I would say average, they would start, you know, second year, it goes, you know, another 25%, something along, uh, around that. And what are they typically buying more of? Is it more seats, more campaigns, more leads, more features? What is it? So our SaaS subscription is primarily segmented based on number of leads you have. So as they start getting more leads, obviously, they will have to upgrade to, to continue getting benefit of the system. 
As I'm traveling the world on planes, trains, and automobiles, you know guys hear it, I'm closing loads of different deals, whether it's buying a company, closing a new account for gitlatka.com, you name it, I've gotta do it. And part of my issue is signing documents while I'm on the road. So I just found this new tool, I'm using it pretty aggressively. It's called Sign Easy. So you can get started for free at gitsigneasy.com forward slash podcast. You'll see contracts that I've signed there And boy, oh boy, are they big and they work and the app is so easy to use. Get started today at getsigneasy.com forward slash podcast. Tell me about growth. So acquisition, like what do you spend to acquire a customer on average? Uh, That's an interesting question. We spend very little, very, very, very little on um, ads. uh, Next to nothing. Like less than 10 grand a month? Yeah. Yeah. I mean... And what we spend is mostly retargeting for people who actually come to us already. But what we do really well, uh, first of all, we have an outbound sales team as well. So it's not how like many of the fifty? Uh, how many of the fifty team members? Uh, outbound sales team right now is um, total five people. Okay. SDRs and AEs, five people. So if you do a fully weighted CAC, like include marketing and sales salaries divided by new customers per month, like what are you spending per customer? Um, for sales, so, so I, I can separate them. For the self-serve, most of it is coming inbound by people finding us through our blog or coming to our website or SEO. On our blog, we get around two hundred to 300,000 visitors a month. Um, and uh, we have around 300,000 subscribers to our blog as well. So there's a lot of traffic that's coming that way. And those, basically, there's no CAC. It's, you know, it's just a content that we write. And, well, it costs, you know, there's a salary, though, of a person to write the content. That, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, but, but most of that is already you know, there. Uh, the ongoing cost is very, very little. On the sales side of it, uh, when it's outbound, um, I would say cost of winning an account is around $500. And then the average uh, long-term value of those deals is north of $5,000. Yep, just because of what your retention is, right? Because of retention and also uh, we usually end up actually being able to get them on higher plans. Yep, so you're recovering most of your your acquisition cost, what, in like three or four months if they pay 200 bucks a month and then you spend 500? That's right. Interesting, so why not be more aggressive there? That's the plan. So, so where do you, do you know how to spend more money to be more aggressive? Yeah, for sure. So we haven't, uh, with, ads, we haven't been able to, um, we haven't had much success in saying, okay, if we spend a lot more money on ads, we're going to get a lot more accounts and that's actually profitable and cast on, uh, CAC and uh, LTV are going to match. Uh, Long term, I think it's going to match. With sales, we've been able to do that quite effectively. Basically, the plan right now, and maybe I'm uh, sharing too much, is by end of the year, nail some of those uh, numbers and then next year we can actually start going uh, a lot more aggressively. So uh, outbound sales is where we can definitely invest more. And the yep. more we invest, the more we're going to get uh, very predictably at this point. Yep. What were you, just so we can understand growth, take me back a year in De- December of 2016. What were you yeah. in terms of AR then, like three, four, five million? So we grew by around 25 to 30% uh, versus last year. And our plan for next year is 50%. Okay. So what, uh, I can't do all that math in my head that quickly. So what is that? that we were like at four or 5 million in ARR in December last year? 
Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. So do you like, yeah. let's fast forward 45 or 50 days. It's the holiday party at wish pond. Do you, right. do you think you'll break like the $8 million run rate by the end of the year? Um, we'll be close. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good stretch goal. It's close, yeah. but it, it's a little uncomfortable. Yeah, it will be uncomfortable. All right. <laughs> good stuff. Let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what is your sure. favorite business book? My favorite business book obviously changes from time to time. Recently, I've been a big fan of Predictable Revenue by Aaron Ross. I really enjoyed that. Really helped us. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying currently? Uh, my favorite CEO is Warren Buffett. Uh, I really like how independent thinker he is. Um, but generally, uh, I don't follow CEOs that closely. I think I follow a lot of thinkers. Um, and try to model individual parts of each one. So, for example, one of the books that I'm reading and finishing now is uh, The Long Walk to Freedom, uh, the biography uh, on Nelson Mandela. So on that one, I learned about uh, bravery and, and things like that. I modeled that part from him and then so forth. Speaking of Warren and how he likes to buy companies, if someone came to you, let's say Mark Benioff at Salesforce, and offered you let's say 30 million. So like three or four X ARR, do you sell the company? I think that's pretty low, <laughs> but we'll start talking. What, what multiple do you think is like a good multiple these days? Uh, honestly, it depends on your growth curve, right? So, um, I think if we, uh, execute the way we're planning 50% for next year or 50 to 100% next year, then the multiples can be six to 10. Got it. Makes good sense. Number three, besides your own, what's your favorite online tool? Uh, beside Wishbone, my favorite online tool would be um, either Optimizely or Wupra. I don't know if you use Wupra. Optimizely, everyone knows, so I guess I'll go with Wupra. All right. Number three and number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh, right now, I try to get eight hours. Okay. And what's your in, the, in, in the early days, I didn't. No, okay. Didn't. And what's your situation? <laughs> Married, single, do you have kids? Married with a 15-month-old. Uh, so that's that's why I say I try to. <laughs> yeah. And, and how old are you, Ali? Sorry? How? I'm 30, 35. 35. Last question. Take us back 15 years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Um, I think my 20-year-old self, I would say, um, hang in there. Uh, you're doing okay. Just keep at it. To my 28 or 29-year-old, when I started Wishbone, I would say... Uh, code less and sell more. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I, I think I was a quarter way too long. There you guys have it from Ali. Code less, sell more for all of you technical co-founders <laughs> listening. He launched Wishpond as something totally different back in 2009. Pivoted many, many times. They've raised $3 million, have a team of 50 people based up in Vancouver, helping their 2,500 customers generate leads and manage those leads online with their marketing suite. And by the end of 2016, last year, they're doing about $5 bucks in ARR. Very close to breaking $7.5, 8000000 bucks in ARR by the end of 2017, aiming for 50 to 60, maybe even 70% growth year over year. Ali, thank you so much for taking us to the top. Thank you very much.